Good morning, and welcome to The Breadline, a daily newsletter and podcast covering the biggest stories that matter to progressives and leftists alike. Make sure to check out the companion newsletter on Substack, subscribe to our podcasts wherever you get podcasts, and to send this around to your friends and family. Let's get started. Everything that's happening in Minneapolis in the wake of George Floyd's death is still huge news. But we want to take a minute and look at Amy Klobuchar's record as a prosecutor there. We just want to say at the top, though, protesters in Minneapolis actually forced police to lose control of the city's third precinct building. That's a huge deal. Mark Zuckerberg went on Fox News to say that he thinks Twitter messed up by fact-checking Trump. The founder of Facebook also says that his website won't adopt similar policies because he doesn't think that they should be the, quote, arbiter of truth. What a gross dude. In an unprecedented move, the White House isn't releasing formal economic projections this summer. Probably because they're going to forecast huge downturns and it's easier for them to just bury their head in the sand. Cool. Our first story for today. Amy Klobuchar's cop-friendly record as a prosecutor. Amy Klobuchar. Due to everything that's happening in Minneapolis in the wake of George Floyd's murder by the city's police, people have started looking into Klobuchar's record more. After all, she was a prosecutor in the state of Minnesota, and it's even come out that Amy Klobuchar didn't prosecute the officer responsible for Floyd's death for other alleged violent encounters. Klobuchar is up for potential VP position in a Biden presidency, so looking at her record, including the eight years she spent as a prosecutor, is pretty important. That record shows a career defined by her tough-on-crime approach. Klobuchar pushed more convictions of minor offenses like graffiti or school truancy, and also never prosecuted any of the 29 fatalities involving law enforcement. Instead of pursuing criminal charges against police, she put the decision to a grand jury, which is a process that has been scrutinized for its secrecy and tendency to benefit police. These aren't unusual practices by any means. Many prosecutors at the time were acting similarly. However, we now know that many of these techniques were ineffective and contributed to disproportionately hurting non-white populations. Last night, protests in Minneapolis continued, and escalated quite a bit. Protesters ended up storming and effectively taking over the city's third precinct police building before lighting it on fire. They then celebrated with a fireworks display outside. Minneapolis protesters don't fuck around, and they certainly don't forget their fireworks. If being totally cool with protesters burning down cop property upsets you, just consider for a second how the police are treating the people they're meant to protect and serve. Check out the newsletter to see videos of police pepper-spraying protesters in the aftermath of the building being taken. However, we can't forget that this is all happening because a man is dead over a fake $20 bill. If prosecutors like Klobuchar weren't so easy on police officers who display patterns of violent behavior, it's not unreasonable to imagine that less people would end up dead. Bottom line, we need extreme overhauls to our entire justice system. From the cops who kill innocent folks to the prosecutors who protect them, change must be demanded. Next up, Trump has found a new ally in criticizing Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. He's just the absolute worst. However, I would like if you followed our Facebook page and Instagram feed for more Breadline content. Also, he's just totally uncomfortable to look at and clearly such a snake. Okay, personal feelings aside and plugs aside, he's also criticizing Twitter over their decision to fact-check Trump. 
Zuckerberg went to the last haven of free speech, Fox News, to criticize Twitter's decision to fact-check Trump and also insist that he believes privately owned digital platforms like his shouldn't act as the, quote, arbiter of truth, end quote. On this, Zuckerberg may actually have a point. Perhaps we shouldn't trust corporations to determine what's true or not for us. However, we can't think of a much better system right now, so maybe Zuck should reconsider cozying up to awful conservatives over this talking point. Trump has already suggested he would shut Twitter down if he could. He's also quoting Zuckerberg as justification for being critical of Twitter. Trump is also signing an executive order that would allow U.S. citizens to submit complaints if they feel that they were treated unfairly by a social network. Man, that sure is dumb. There are independent fact-checking organizations out there. Facebook even worked with them at some point. The problem is, they didn't follow through with many of the recommendations fact-checkers gave them. Bottom line, Zuck emphasizes just how important protecting political speech is. We agree. However, when we get into the area of actual misinformation, it seems wrong to insist that privately owned platforms don't have some responsibility to control what their platform is used for, especially when that misinformation could cause serious harm like we're seeing with all the coronavirus misinformation out there. Our last story for today. The White House isn't going to release formal economic projections. In an unprecedented move, Trump's White House has decided they're not going to release updated economic projections. That's totally normal, right? According to people with knowledge of this decision, they're doing this to stop panic, because forecasts would almost certainly indicate that the pandemic has led to severe economic downturn. The document would have been released just a few months before the November elections, so by doing this, Trump can keep fear at bay to some degree and increase his chances of getting re-elected. These numbers have been released consistently since the 70s. Obama released the numbers during the Great Recession even though they looked bad. Many are now saying the White House should publish economic projections despite the pandemic. With more than 40 million Americans out of work, the number of companies or countries at risk of having their credit ratings cut being pushed to an all-time high, and big bankruptcies taking place as quickly as they did back in May of 2009, it's pretty obvious that the economy is screwed. Bottom line, pretending the numbers don't exist doesn't actually make the numbers not exist. And we've done it. We're at the end of the line. That's what we've got. So remember, we're only able to do this every day because of listeners like you. Drop your friends, family, or anyone else's email who you just happen to have a referral link and help us grow. We'd truly appreciate it.